This is the Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Every game. You are going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, throws toward the corner of the end zone. It is intercepted! Intercepted! The next time the ball! Every story. If we just continue to push and grind and go and take care of our guys, it's going to be built to last. The Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck owner, Justin Hopkins. And Matt Bagley from 96.1, 580, The Game. Hey, everybody. Matt Bagley back after a little hiatus. Justin Hopkins alongside me. Scoop Duck and Hi-Fi. We're going to scratch just about every itch you can imagine when it comes to Oregon spring practices. Uh, But first, just how have you enjoyed the time off, my friend? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's... uh you know, been time off per se, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been a little bit of a different spring in terms of football goes, you know, obviously not, uh, you know, being able to go to practices and and stuff like that, but, uh, definitely, uh, I think like probably most of our listeners looking forward to tomorrow, you know, with Oregon announcing that open scrimmage on Saturday, you know, you and I recording this on Friday, right. You know, looking forward to that and kind of what we see from there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm just curious, because from where I sit, it's tough. Like, I want coaches' sound bites after practice. We're not getting them. I want players' sound bites after practice. We don't get them. Uh, is it tougher for you to write in a closed camp like this than in an open camp? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, from a, from a work standpoint, you know, I suppose it it does kind of make things a little easier in terms of not, you know, the hard part is, is I don't, I don't know that folks understand this and I wasn't going myself, but you know, you go to, uh, you know, you get down to the practice fields and you get to watch 20 minutes of practice, which is great. It's 20 minutes of something, right. right. But right. there's not a lot going on. It's a, you know, it's a lot of work to, to get up and go down there, whether it's me or whether it's, you know, one of the guys working for me, um, you know, there's a lot involved there. It's, no doubt a little bit easier to not, you know, not have to get up and do that. But I, I do, I do, I do think for me personally, um, I, I, it makes my site and what we do more valuable, I believe, because, you know, I'm working to get some inside Intel, you know, injuries, who's standing out, who's playing with the ones, all that stuff people want to know. Right. You know, so, the, so it kind of helps in, in, in that regard for me. The stuff that gets tackled in a presser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which, you know, obviously we're not hearing about at the moment. So, um, you know, again, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I was just, I just try to, I just try to roll with the flow. I mean, we can't, we can't control any of it, control what you can control. So, I mean, if it practice is open, we'll make that work. If it's not open, we make that work. So, right. right. <laughs> no, you know, you know where I stand. I've said for years, Mario Cristobal is the CEO. He's not going to listen to me, right? I'm just the radio guy. Um, w- with regards to that, spring co- spring practices have been closed. Not a ton of access, though. We're still doing our jobs through that. Um, if you could ask Mario Cristobal and his staff and his team any questions about practices, what would those questions be? Um, you know, I, I suppose I have to say, you know, I mean, he does get asked a lot of really good questions in the zoom meetings after, 
you know, I, I think here's what I would like to say. How about this? If you phrase it like this, if if you weren't going to get the coach speak from Mario Cristobal, what questions would you like him to answer? You know, and, and, and of course, that would be, hey, which of these true freshmen are really standing out? You know, who who's who's making an impression? Who's pushing the older guys? Uh, you know, who's your first five in your offensive line right now? Who's your second five in your offensive line? Who's the, you know, number three starting safety? Obviously, you're going to have Jamal Hill. You're going to have Marone McKinley at the nickel. Who's the third guy? Is it, is it Damon David we've heard a lot about? You know, is it one of the returning guys in Bennett Williams or somebody else? Uh, you know, I think those are the the initial questions that that I would have. And, of course, Mario Cristobal being Mario Cristobal, he's going to give you the coach speak as he should, as he has to. Um, but those are a few of the questions if, if we were going to get, you know, legit sincere answers from those are probably the first three out of my mouth yeah yeah I um I I definitely agree with you on the true freshman like in in a normal year you read the practice reports you listen to all the coaches give their interviews and you just hear them rave about you know nine or ten different dudes we're not getting that this year and it makes me curious um because I think we went into this season thinking this was the most talented freshman class Mario Cristobal was brought to Oregon. And we just, you know, we don't have any of the red meat evidence yet. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I know even if it was just, a, you know, a 20 minute open part of practice, sometimes you'd get to see a little bit of 11 on 11 stuff. Um, you know, and then along with that, you know, you're able to kind of view uh, the injuries, you know, the guy standing on the sidelines who's maybe not in, in full contact, who's maybe, you know, just not dressed down for that day. You know what I mean? Some of those things. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think folks are being a little bit critical of Mario Cristobal for wanting to, you know, maybe keep things a little bit more behind closed doors, what they're doing, who's hurt, uh, personnel stuff. But, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of eyeballs on Oregon. And you don't win back-to-pack, you know, Pac-12 championships uh, you know, without drawing a lot of attention to yourself. And, and, and I think what people need to understand is that that curve, that, that uh, you know, that window of winning a third straight and a fourth straight, it keeps getting smaller and smaller, it keeps getting harder and harder, right? So, you know, if you're Mario Cristobal, you're, you're looking to, to utilize every advantage you can right now. Um, and, and, and right now, I think that he believes that that best serves his team and his chances of winning another Pac-12 championship. And, Frankly, that's going to be hard for any of us to argue against. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to rattle off a couple of questions from Scoop Duck readers and then any that I don't get to now. Uh, frankly, hoop seasons are over. Uh, baseball and softball still have a ton of time. I think we can hit a couple more of these questions later on in the pod. I just want to get a couple of these now because we got so many good ones. Um, we have to revisit this. We'll do this every week, every pod. Till the end of time, uh, Dane QB Duck asks, "Who's your number two quarterback?" Well, I, I, you know, I'm a big Ty Thompson fan. I think the staff is too, and he's definitely the future of this program. There, there is no doubt about that in my mind. But that said, I mean, he's only what are we at? Like six practices in. Uh, you know, young guy, still got a lot to learn. Uh, you know, I think Jay Butterfield right now, as we sit today, probably has the upper hand, uh, you know, on that spot. Now, it doesn't mean that will be, uh, you know, the way it is at the end of this spring. It doesn't mean that'll be the way 
it is at the end of fall. But right now, I'd say, J- J- and, and keep in mind, I know Robbie Ashford's, you know, a little bit more seasoned and been there as well. But, you know, I think with him double dipping in baseball, as he should, right. which I think is is tremendous, you know, I think that's making things, you know, definitely harder for him. Um, you know, he's a guy I think will have an opportunity this fall to really kind of, you know, move up that list. But for now, I, I think you're, you're talking about Jay, if, if, if depth chart came out tomorrow and there wasn't going to be an or next to the name, I think it would be Jay Butterfield with Ty Thompson gaining ground on it. You mentioned Ashford. I got to step out of the questions for a minute. Uh, have we done a podcast since Cristobal was asked about Robbie Ashford? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh, I don't man. think so. That was, I, I, I'm dating myself now. This is two weeks ago. Uh, first press conference of spring ball, Mario Cristobal with all the usual suspects. So our friend Matt Prem and Tyson Alger, the athletic, and uh, uh, James Crepia and Eugene are all just peppering him with all the questions they can think of. And I think it's Tyson that asked about Robbie. And Mario Cristobal's response was, you know, yeah, it's it's great that um, that we gave Coach Waz, the Oregon baseball coach, a center fielder. Now I just need Waz to give me a defensive tackle. I just cried laughing. I thought that was the funniest answer I've ever heard Mario Cristobal give in a press conference. Yeah, no, it was a tremendous response. I, I mean, like you, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that's uh, really – it's not understated about Mario Cristobal, but it's just, I don't know that it's truly, truly appreciated is, is how he's really ingrained himself in the other, uh, you know, athletic programs with the other head coaches. I, I think that that kind of communication and respect uh, for one another is incredibly valuable uh, for Oregon athletics. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I mean, JTT probably isn't going to play baseball for the Ducks, but do you think there is something to the fact that, he has a basketball scholarship if he wants it. Yeah. I mean, Dana Altman doesn't, you know, um, I mean, let's be real. It, it's obviously, uh, you know, just window dressing. If he comes to Oregon or anywhere for that matter, uh, you know, he's clearly on a football scholarship. So it's a freebie for the basketball team. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't believe that Dana Altman is the kind of guy that just says, Oh yeah, we'll offer him that way. It just looks good. You know, I, I think that was, you know, I think that was legit. I think it was sincere. And, uh, you know, again, it speaks to the, the type of athlete that JT is. You know, I mean, he's he's tremendous football player, clearly a very talented basketball player as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, in all fairness, I think he's earned that offer just on his, you know, fo- uh, basketball ability alone. Um, and it's pretty cool to see him rewarded for it. Yeah. Um, let's get back to some of those scooped up questions and then we'll take things in a different gear in a couple of minutes. Big Daddy 71. I love this question because it's draft season and you're starting to see all the draft Knicks uh, finalize their boards and get ready for next year's boards. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to go top five. When that happens, who's going to replace him next season? Uh, Thibodeau. Man, <laughs> how do you replace that guy, right? I mean, that's that's like saying who's going to replace Marcus Mariota or Panay Sewell. And, uh, you know, it, and obviously you're going to have a body there, somebody fill in. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly think that that's still very much a work in progress. And I, I think there's, there's two parts here. Clearly, he's a very talented individual. We know that. 
Additionally, it certainly seems like that position or the position he was playing might change a little bit given what Tim DeRuiter plans on doing with the defense. Uh, you know, so you might be looking at just, uh, you know, maybe it's two guys really, you know what I mean? I know I'm kind of babbling here, but I think there's a number of things going on. I think Jalen Smith uh, is a guy that we're going to look hard at, uh, you know, filling that role. I think he was brought in for that. You know, you talk about a guy like Trevin Maia, depending on how big he gets and what's kind of going on with him uh, as well. Those are a couple of immediate names that come, you know, a guy like Terrell Tillman that, that Oregon did sign in this past class, you know, kind of that, that speed edge rusher with length guy. Um, you know, he's potentially a guy to look at there as well. So a uh, number of options and, and, you know, quite frankly, uh, defensive line at the moment, I know Oregon could probably use, you know, another bigger body or two on the interior of the defensive line in a perfect world. But, you know, the, the, the depth and the talent on the defensive line is pretty darn good right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned how Kayvon is going to be in a new scheme, new role. We've seen some, some footage already of, of some of the drills and some of the differences with, uh, with his old position on the edge. How do you think he's going to change in Tim DeRuiter's defense? Uh, Thibodeau? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think uh, a guy like him, you're going to move him around. And I think you're going to move him around uh, even more. I mean, we saw, it seemed to me with Andy Avalos, uh, the moving around included, you know, him basically going from the edge to sometimes rushing from the interior of the defensive line. I, I, I think Tim DeRuiter is going to do the opposite of that. You're going to either see him on the edge or see him, you know, maybe come in back as as more of a hybrid guy like a you know like depending on what you want to call it, you want to call it a stud or a joker or you know whatever anyone wants to call it just that hybrid spot i think you'll see him standing up a little bit more i i know that in his press conference he was kind of asked about having uh you know playing outside linebacker and and standing up a little bit more and and i'm sure he's standing up more i just you know i i think folks see that and think oh he's you know he's going to be an outside linebacker like some of the other guys i don't i don't think that's exactly the case but you know again i i think instead of him going from the outside to the inside of the defensive line i think you'll just kind of see him out in space a little bit more utilizing that unbelievable god-given speed he has i like that instead of going from outside to inside they might move him from outside to further outside might have him line up in the <laughs> linebacking core as well um that'll do it for some of the scooped up questions we got from readers if i have time i'm going to go back to those later in the pod but like justin mentioned on the site yesterday we have a guest <laughs> um let's um let, 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 just if you can uh, tell people about this kid and uh and then we'll, we'll get it set for an interview yeah, I, you know, we're incredibly fortunate to, you know, be able to bring on uh, four-star safety commit uh, Trajan Williams out of Portland, uh, out of Jefferson High School, um, you know, committed to the Ducks, was a guy, you know, Oregon at one point wasn't necessarily sure they would be able to recruit effectively or not because of the hire of Don Johnson, but um, they were able to get past that. And, and it's, I mean, it's huge for the program and we know the importance of keeping the top players in state at home. And, and, and some years, you know, you say that and you think, okay, yeah, you got to keep them in state. 
Um, it is important, but sometimes, you know, you get really lucky and you get a really good football player that you would, you know, you would recruit if they were anywhere in the country. And I, I think Oregon has that with, with Trajan Williams this year. I, I don't just say that he was an in-state guy that they had to offer. That's not the case at all with him very much. He's a, he's a terrific two-way player. Um, and, and just, you know, quite frankly, reminds me very much of Talanoa Hufunga a couple of years ago in the fact that this is a very highly coveted individual that really um, would excel and be a very sought after recruit uh, if he lived in another state, not just Oregon. So um, very lucky to have him on, and I'm really excited to hear his story and his decision to commit to Oregon. Sounds like the Ducks have a gem. I love that Hufanga comparison. Let's bring him in. Hey, everybody. Back here, Scoop Duck and Hi-Fi, Matt Bagley, Justin Hopkins, and we got Trajan Williams right now. He is a safety at Jefferson High School in the Portland area, class of 2022, and one of the key members of that Oregon class because he's a four-star safety, and like Justin just said, he's a, a, a gem, the kind of player that like a Talanoa Hufanga from Corvallis a few years ago, if he plays in SoCal or he plays in Texas or Florida, the whole country knows about him. Instead, Oregon knows about him, and Oregon has a commitment from him. Uh, Trajan, I always love to start off interviews this way. You commit to Oregon. I want to know why. Why Oregon? Um, well, I was fasting. Uh, and just asking God, where should I go? And um, Oregon popped up, and then I just been praying about that. And then like I was like, okay, God can you give me a sign uh, on why I should go there. And then uh, three days later, Coach Yates from Cal got the job over there at Oregon, and that's my favorite coach that's been recruiting me through the process. So. When he got the job at Oregon, I was just shocked and just thanking God that he went there, and that pretty much made my decision with him and Coach Cristobal there. So, uh, oh, sorry, but yeah, absolutely amazing how that works. You know, to hear your story in that regard, and then you know, like you said, to have a coach that you really uh, respect uh, end up at the school that you really like. Um, I, I think one of the things that that made your recruitment so interesting is you know there was a time period where Oregon you know, maybe wasn't able to get involved with you, but that got cleared up. Uh, yeah. And I, I would imagine, you know, how, do you kind of know how that came about or do you just kind of get a phone call one day like, hey, good news, we can we can recruit you now? How'd that, how'd that kind of <laughs> come around? No, I just got a phone call and they said they can recruit me. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then that same phone call they offered me. So it was just like a, a crazy day that day. So. Did you, I mean, when, I mean, you know, I know you don't want to give, but when they offered, when Oregon offered, did that kind of, was, was your mind like, oh man, this might be, this might be home. This might be the one, or were you kind of like, okay, I need to, you know, continue looking at some of these other schools first. Yeah, that was a thought for sure. I should like, this is really home and it should be home. So that's a big part on why I committed there. Good. So I would assume that, you know, Don Johnson being a part of the Oregon staff, I mean, your relationship with him, um, I mean, kind of speak on that a little bit. Was that a, I, I assume that was a big part for Oregon and, and has, has that been a big part of your decision? Uh, It really wasn't a big part, but 
he's my guy. So, of course, we're gonna have that connection there, and uh, yeah, that's about yeah. it. You mentioned right off the top that you really prayed on this decision and thought about it. I love that spirituality. Um, I, I I hark back to when I was looking at colleges. I didn't have a bunch of scholarship offers, but I remember just as a student struggling to to make a decision on where I wanted to go. There were so many options out there. Um, I can only imagine how tough cycling through all of your options really was. Right. Um, I want to circle back to something as well. You mentioned Coach Yates, uh, you know, obviously coming to Oregon. uh, That's your future position coach, at least, you know, as things stand today. Um, what do you like about Coach Yates? What made him kind of stand out to you uh, right away? Um, he was one of the first coaches that I had uh, that offered me that was to reach out to my parents and, you know, get to know them first and ask questions about them and then, um, you know, just help me on my game and what I need to work on during the offseason. Uh, I assume he gets to Oregon. You're probably one of his very first phone calls. You know, what, what did he kind of relay to you in that phone call? Um, he was just like, just pretty much saying, you know where home is. So that that's, it's pretty much your time, your decision, but you know where, you know where I'm at. That's pretty much what he was saying. I love it. I love it. Um, home being the university of Oregon you're a Portland kid, Jefferson High. How long have you lived in Oregon? Uh, since I was about like three or four, because wow. I used to go back and forth to Little Rock, Arkansas, last so I was probably stabled in Oregon around yeah the age three or four. Wow. Oh wow, interesting. Um. Shifting gears, I get well. Actually, I'll tell you what. They're gonna stay on this track and to make it easier. Recruiting wise, you know, Trajan, you committed to Oregon. Um, you know, I see you working it on Twitter a little bit. Who are a few of the guys that you've developed a relationship that you know you are, are currently trying to commit to Oregon and bring with you? Uh, Tobias, Tobias Harris. I mean, Tobias Mayweather. My fault. Mm-hmm. And um, Darius Clemens. Um, I'm trying to build a relationship with Jahil Tucker. I'm trying to get his contact information so he can come. And then that's about it. Oh, Malik and Josh um, Corneli. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so you're working on a few guys. Yeah. I I know in the past the commits have have kind of formed a, a, like a, you know, like a commit group text and stuff have you have you been able to do that with some of the other guys yet uh yeah we got a commitment group text for uh like the kids that committed to Oregon already but we don't right. have one for the kids that didn't commit there yet gotcha for the other guys yeah. good um last question at least from a recruiting standpoint um I know you committed to Oregon I know it was you know a few weeks ago um it's only mid-April but uh you know are you considering taking other visits are you locked in where are you kind of at with your commitment to Oregon um I'm thinking right now I'm pretty much locked in I really don't I did have some like thoughts about going on some visits but 
deep down, I was just like, no, nah, I really don't need to. I'm at home. I could just stay here and just do what I need to do here. So it would it would sound like barring any major, you know, coaching changes or anything drastic like that, you're you're pretty good with your decision. You're you're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I I think this is one area Matt and I will probably you know really be curious about. You know, obviously living in the state of Oregon, yeah. you know, things going on with the COVID pandemic. You know, football was totally different this year from college to high school. Oh yeah. Um, I I believe your season just finished up, if I recall correctly. And, yeah. you know, just it just finished. How many games were you guys able to get in this season? Uh, We got five. We were supposed to have six, but a situation came up towards the end of the season. So, Gotcha. So you, mi- you missed out on one of them. That's not too yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about this year. Were, were you playing safety or playing some corner? Were you playing both ways? How, how were you utilized Jefferson this year? I was playing safety and um, wide receiver. And just pretty much helping over the top on defense, you know, communicating, just flowing around and just being a good team player for our defense and our offense, you know, just blocking um, for our running back, you know, because we got Demir Collins. Right. And then, um, you know, just catching a couple touchdown passes. That was about it. And then getting a couple punt returns, too. Nice. So – you know, everybody's always working on something, you know, in regards to their game. You know, what did you kind of spend some time working on uh, this season? And, and where do you feel like you made some some strides uh, in your game? Um, just being more quicker at my back pedal and getting, like, the right angles to intercept the ball and to come downhill faster. So I feel like I did a little bit better at that this season. Still got work to do, but feel like I did a good job. Nice. Good. Um, playing offense always seems to be kind of fun. Did you have a little fun with that this year, this season? Oh, yeah. It was fun. It's always fun. <laughs> it's, it's always fun. <laughs> good, good. Um, <clears throat> what's uh, what's your, you know, I guess we'll call it the rest of your spring and summer kind of look like for you? I know, you know, with this season taking place now, you know, we assume everybody's going to have a normal fall what sort of things are you going to be up to, you know, basically from now till August? Um, Really just busy, being really active, just track, um, still doing football workouts, probably going to play basketball. So I'm going to be moving a lot, just trying to stay in shape and get my body right. Has that been something you found to be, maybe a little bit easier or harder given that the bulk of students in, in the state of Oregon are doing homes, homeschool or online school, if you will. Um, in my opinion, I say it's easier because, you know, we can get to just the stuff done. Like as soon as we can. Right. And then we can just right. have all that other free time to just do what we need to do. So I feel like it's, it's been easier for me because I've been good. I have all A's and then, I've been able to do whatever I needed to do as of like workout, just spend time with family. Like that's been stuff I can do on my free time. Uh, I saw that. I think I retweeted you the other day that you had uh, three or four A's and, and a 4.0 and, and uh, congrats on that, man. Yeah. Thank you. As you're, as you're doing your work, as you're doing your schoolwork, is there uh, anything in particular you're hoping to study uh, in college as a major? 
Um, I'm thinking about business right now. I keep going back and forth, but I think I'm leaning towards business. Leaning toward business. What's the other thing you might be interested in? Uh, veterinarian. Mm. Oh, wow. Allergy. Man, yeah, that'd be a fun one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Are you are you a big animal guy? Yeah, I love animals. Like, I'll be... <laughs> Just the other day, I was looking outside, and this bird was on the branch up there, and I, and I was just looking. I was like, that might be a falcon or a hawk. And the people I was with, they was like, nah. I was like, all right. And then it flew. They was like, oh, shoot, you is right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's fun. No, that's good. And Oregon's a great great place for all that wildlife, you know, oh, yeah. for all those birds right. and everything. Yeah. Uh, no, great. Uh I think last thing for me, I don't know if, if I want to make sure Matt's been able to, to get his questions in, but last thing for me, kind of circling back to, to Oregon and committing, you know, Mario Cristobal, a lot of guy, you know, a guy that a lot of people talk about, heck of a recruiter, you know, building something pretty special to Oregon. What, what's kind of been your interaction with Coach Cristobal and, and what, are your, what are your kind of thoughts on, on Coach Cristobal and why he's able, you know, to build this thing the way he's done? Um. From what I've been talking to him about and from what I've been seeing, he's strong on family. And once you're in that family, he's going to have you no matter what what happens. So um, I just appreciate him for that and just being 100% honest about everything. And then um, that's it. He's just fired up and ready to get this, this 22 class going. Is that something that, you know, some of the other targets and commits you've talked with, you know, really, you know, that, that kind of resonates with them as well? Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a good, good quality, good quality to have for sure. Um, yeah. Trajan, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if Matt's got anything else, but I, I, I mean, I know we both really appreciate your time. I, yeah. I know, Thank um, you. you know, yeah, I mean, I know you do some interviews and stuff, but it's always nice to kind of be able to have your own voice out there and let people hear you and, you know, hear your words and hear your tone and everything. So I'm really glad you took a few minutes to join us. Thank you. All right, man. Well, good luck. Uh, good luck. And I, I assume basketball and it sounds like track and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be glad to have you on again this summer, hopefully. OK, sounds good. All right. Thank you, Trajan. Thank you. Yeah, you, you asked every question that, that I think we could come up with, and he knocked it out of the park. That was awesome. Trajan Williams, Jefferson High, four-star DB. And um, you you, uh, you want to get to some more of those uh, reader questions, Justin? Yeah, I'd say let's tackle you know two or three of those and put a bow on, on football and maybe just uh, a super quick, you know, a little bit on, um, you know, maybe on basketball with the, with some of the movement there and the assistance. Uh Um, I'll get to some of those. I I just want to say really quick, what a good football playing kid. Like you you just get a sense. I'm I'm not going to make fun of him. Short answers aren't always a bad thing. It's tough for, for people like you and I, but from from his perspective and i think more importantly from an oregon coaching perspective you get the sense that he has his head screwed on straight right he's not trying to build um his personal brand he's not going to come in and, and be a diva act he cares about football he cares about animals and he wants to play for the big school in his state 
I think it's a pretty focused, pretty locked-in life, and I think he's going to have a lot of success when he goes to Oregon. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously for guys like you and I, where, you know, we're interviewing people and you get the long-winded responses and they, you know, go. And uh, for me, as doing this, as long as I have, you gain an appreciation for the for the young man that, you know, kind of just keeps to himself and keeps right. his head down and, you know, works hard and, you know, doesn't have a lot extra to say, but you know that, you know, they're, you know, completely focused on, uh, you know, football and things like that and, and, and get better and grinding. And, um, you know, that's something that a lot of times I know we kind of associate maybe with defensive backs and wide receivers having these big personalities. And, you know, you see them needing a, needing a lot of love or a little extra love, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's refreshing to hear a guy like Trajan just kind of, being about his business and not being, you know, too eager to to get too much hype or anything like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Duck fans don't have to think that hard about it. I mean, what do we all say about Justin Herbert for four years? Too shy. Marcus Mariota, too shy. And and those guys are legends now. Um, the way I look at it, a football team is an assembly of personalities. It's not a whole team of of. Uh, guys with big ego and guys with big energy it's a mix and and he fits in that mix and i think he's going to fit really well yeah no i agree i I think i think there's a lot of room on this on this oregon football team for a young man like him that's going to come in and just work hard and and, you know keep his nose down i think that speaks very much to the the type of culture that that mario cristobal has been trying to establish and and, uh you know i think he's going to continue that culture Hey, before we throw back some of these reader questions, um, when he gets to Oregon, how do you think he grows? Uh, you mean as a football player? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, a, a guy like Trajan is, is really uh, kind of that complete safety that I don't know Oregon has had in a while. And I, I, I say that not to disrespect anybody, but a lot of times your safeties kind of fit one of two profiles or either more of a coverage free safety kind of guy, or they're a little bit more of the, you know, the hitter strong safety profile. Um, and you don't often, you know, get too many guys that are both. And I do really see in his game. I don't know that he's an absolute bone crushing hitter, but he can lay the wood on guys pretty good. I uh, got some pretty good pop, but he's also not giving up you know, uh, big plays over the top. Uh, he can run, he could turn, he could turn and run. Uh, we know he can catch the ball. He plays receiver on offense as well. So, you know, to me, I, I just, I, I think that's one of the things that, that excites me the most about him is the fact that, you know, he seems to be a pretty complete, uh, safety, uh, overall. And, and I think the ducks definitely, uh, are definitely can use a guy like him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They definitely can use Trajan Williams. Uh, let's get back to some of those reader questions from yesterday because I'm always thankful for the, the, the ideas that you guys give us. Uh, Desert Duck asks, what is the Achilles heel on this team which could prevent them from winning the Pac-12? Whew. Achilles heel on this team, you know, I, I suppose to me, it's it's two things. The Achilles heel is, I, I think there is work to be done on the offensive line from last year to this year. They weren't they weren't poor, they weren't abysmal, but they weren't 
you know, I don't think they were at the level that Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal demands. And I, I think that that's a group that really needs to take a step forward this year. Um, additionally, not only does that first five need to take a step forward, uh, you know, they need more capable bodies ready to endure a full season. You know, I think they were able to get away with the six or seven guys that they kind of rotated between last year, uh, simply because there was only six games, you know, played. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to do that this year in the longer 12, 13 game season, whatever it ends up being for Oregon 11, uh, whatever it ends up being, you're not going to get a, get away with that. So they need not only that first five to be better, they need better depth that's ready to go to be able to rotate through. Secondly, is going to be, and I understand that it's his second year, but by my accounts with how short last year was and the fact there was no spring ball, I still consider this a relatively new offense under Joe Moorhead. Mm -hmm. And I just think that learning the verbiage and getting some of the plays down and opening up the playbook and those things that they weren't really able to do last year are paramount this spring. Additionally, lastly, is the defensive coordinator. You've got a new D.C., He's not going to come in here and overhaul everything. But once again, you're learning new verbiage. You're doing some other things. Um, you know, I think right now those are the three areas for me that um, maybe aren't concerns, but could be concerns if they don't improve over the next, you know, two to three weeks. You mentioned those five big guys in the trenches. For years we've done this pod, and it feels like every signing class we hype up all these mammoth O-line recruits Mario Cristobal brings in. Are you surprised that we're talking about the line as a potential position of weakness on this team? Yeah, I, I mean, I am a little. Um, only to the fact that, you know, you, you just, I mean, you had Jonah Tawanu'u, you know, medically retiring. You had Panay Sewell leaving a year early. Uh, Chris Rendazzo medically retiring. So, I think in a perfect world, they, a couple years back, two or three years ago, might have been like one guy shy in each of those classes to begin with. And then you're taking away guys on top of that. So I, I just think that they kind of got caught in just this weird little spot where, you know, they thought they were signing enough, but due to circumstances you can't predict, you know, ended up being a little bit shy. So I I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be great moving forward. Um, it's just a matter of getting those guys, you know, ready and developed. And, and, you know, obviously I think you and I both have full confidence in Mario Cristobal and Alex right. Mirabal doing that. Does that mean they might sign more linemen in the coming classes? Uh, I mean, at this point, I think there's enough guys on the roster that you can sign what I would call a normal class, normal probably being three or four guys in this cycle. Uh, space is a little bit tight. You don't really have anybody graduating and leaving after this year. Um, and again, everybody was given an extra year, so we'll kind of see how that comes into play. So, you know, the one thing when you're, you know, bringing on additions, that usually means they're subtractions. You know, the only way for Oregon to have subtractions is, you know, either transfer out or, or graduate. And, uh, you know, they don't have any guys graduating. So unless somebody transfers out, there's just not a lot of spots. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't see that they're going to be able to bring in a bunch of guys right now. Right. Um, looking at some of these other questions here, uh, <laughs> some fun ones, some funny ones. Um, 
which players, new or old, this is from DW PDX, which players, new or old, do you think will pop this year? Uh, okay, which players, new or old, will pop this year? So, um, you know, who's going to be the next stars? You know, I think it's pretty fair to say that we've gone over Damon David quite a bit so far uh, as a true freshman coming in and making a lot of plays at the safety position. Uh, I think DJ James is a guy that did play some last year, but wasn't like a guy. And I, I he's primed to take over that CB2 spot. And I've heard a lot of great things about him. I think Maliki Matavao at tight end, um, you know, it's, it's fairly, I don't want to say it's fairly loaded at tight end. Uh, you've got DJ Johnson, you've got Spencer Webb, you've got Patrick Herbert, you've got some guys, but I think Matavao is going to be able to carve out a nice little role for him. You know, I think the big, you know, don't Brandon Dorless can't call him a sleeper anymore. I mean, everybody's well aware that that guy's a dude, Christian Williams, you know, another guy that I think is primed to play big this year and, and, and play a lot of minutes. Um, there's just names all over the place. I mean, you know, at some point, I don't think quite yet, but at some point, you know, Justin Flo is going to get back out there and, Lord knows what a, a bigger, stronger, faster Justin Flo is going to do yeah. uh, on, uh, to the Pac-12 this year. So lots to be excited about. And I think that overall, this team this year is a much better two deep than the team last year. When Justin Flo gets healthy, which I mean, that, that could be a while from now, um, where's his role in this new defense? You, you know, I mean, that's tough. You've got Noah Sewell, you know, you've got, Justin flow, bigger body types that can run and move and hit. But, you know, I think he's, you know, it, it's, it's one of the, one of those things where as coaches, you know, you're getting your best 11 out there. You know, does that mean that maybe he plays a little bit more of an unnatural position to him as an outside linebacker, you know, with, with Sewell playing inside linebacker, you know, who knows, certainly possible, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you'll get him into the rotation at some point and, and, and really, you know, ultimately just be trying to get your best 11 out there. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I think that's a good point on football. Um, you mentioned there were a couple other things you wanted to hit on before we wrap it. Uh, you know, nothing major. I mean, just, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Kelly Graves lost an assistant and Mark Campbell going to Sacramento State, getting yeah. the head coaching job there. Tremendous opportunity for him. I know that we probably didn't talk about him as much as we should. But, uh, you know, I know that that was a very valuable piece, yes. uh, you know, of Kelly Graves staff and, and, and just really speaks volumes to the program that these guys are getting opportunities elsewhere. And then, you know, Tony Stubblefield, again, a, a major, major piece of the Dana Altman staff, you know, getting his opportunity to go be head coach at DePaul. Obviously a big loss for Dana Altman, but what a wonderful, you know, opportunity for him. So, um you know, again, nothing that we really need to harp on about. Both those guys were really helpful in the recruiting area of both those programs. Uh, but I'm I'm confident that Dana Altman and uh, and Kelly Graves will will make uh, impactful hires to replace them. Yeah, yeah. Um, as as a radio guy, I always brag about Duck Insider because I think it's a really good show. It's one that we carry every day on on our station down in Medford and and you hear it in Eugene every day and in Salem and uh, up in Portland 1080 the fan sometimes. Uh, Duck Insider would interview Mark Campbell every week during the women's basketball season because there's only so many times you can get Kelly Graves. He's a busy guy. And uh 
whenever I would hear Coach Campbell, I was always blown away. The, the same way that I was blown away when Mario Cristobal was just an assistant offensive line coach doing interviews, the same way that um, I'd be blown away when Mark Wasikowski was an assistant uh, with uh, baseball manager George Horton back in the day. Y- you have assistants working as kind of a lieutenant in these programs that you just know this guy or gal is going to be a great head coach someday. And and I think that's the situation with um, with Coach Campbell and the women's basketball program and also certainly the situation with Coach Stubblefield where you'd love to keep them forever, but if they're good enough to be a head coach, they're going to get that opportunity to be a head coach and they're going to take it. Yeah, it's just like the hiring process for Oregon football, Mario Cristobal. If you're getting the right guys, you're not going to keep them forever. You know, you'd love to, but right. you're not going to keep them forever. And that means you're doing a good job in your hiring process. And and again, I think uh, Dana Altman, uh, Kelly Graves have proven that they're doing a good job with their hiring processes as well. Yeah, yeah, and and knowing what I mean, you you know Kelly better than I do, but just knowing what I know on the women's basketball front. Um, he's still the lead voice in that room and as as long as he still has the energy to don those colors and and fly the jet and make the calls and go to all the events nationwide that he goes to Oregon's going to be just fine absolutely yep yeah Oregon as long as those as long those are the guys you can't lose you can you can replace assistants although some of them are great and hard to replace but uh Replacing the head coach is a whole different bottle of wax. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I hope as many people as possible get to go to that practice tomorrow. I think that's going to be pretty neat. Um, that, that's in Eugene, right? Yep. In Eugene, Austin Stadium, 1500, it looks like. Uh, you're definitely not going to beat the weather. That's for sure. <laughs> no. No, man. How, how nice is it down where you are right now? Uh, you know, from I couldn't give you a temperature but if i was guessing as i'm looking out the window it's gotta be at least right around 75 degrees already today yeah yeah last night was the first night of the whole year uh i'm kind of um i i'm cold at night i get really cold i always have to turn the heater up last night the first night of the year heater was off and uh, 8 a.m. when my fiance left to go to work and, and I settled into my studio to get some work done, all the windows got popped open in the house, man. It's just perfect weather right now. Yeah, got to gotta love fresh air, man. It's, it's good for you and, and picks the energy up for sure, too. All and right. sunshine. So if you missed that interview with Trajan Williams, four-star safety, playing safety and corner and wide receiver, kind of a Charles Woodson role this year for Jefferson High up in Portland, uh, check that out. It's about the middle of the pod, about 15, 20 minutes in. And uh, we got questions from readers answered on both sides of that interview. A lot of content getting you ready for that big spring practice tomorrow and setting the scene for another big week of spring football. My name is Matt Bagley. He's Justin Hopkins. We thank you for listening. Hope you rate us, review us, share it with a friend. Scoop Duck and High Five. Thanks for listening and go Ducks. Now.